Silver the Top Cycling in Boulder, Colorado. We are here with Sarah Matthews, who has uh, come quite a ways to be a guest on our show. Yeah, from Sydney, Australia. Thank you very much. That's all right. It's my pleasure. I hope we were worth the plane ticket. Oh, I love Boulder. I'd, I'd live here if I could. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I know you're getting ready to do RAM in 2016, but you've got some experience from 14 and 15 as well, correct? Look, I've got a cycling experience from when I was 13 years of age. My parents took me on my first cycling holiday. So I've cycled my whole life. I'm also a triathlete and I'm also a veterinarian. So you start where you like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So one of the things I, I've noticed really with a lot of the top women athletes is that you have really careers, not just jobs. I mean, you're a veterinarian. How do you manage to get through school, all the study, and be the athlete that you are? Well, when I was at uni, I was also a rower. So I oh, okay. So you had more to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I used to sleep through lectures. It's terrible. And then go training. It's terrible. The fact that I became a vet. Then I moved back to Australia. I was born in Australia, but I went to uni in England. Um, and then when I came back to Australia, I worked out in the middle of nowhere. So I had to take up sport because what else are you going to do in the middle of nowhere in Australia? So, yeah, I took up climbing for a while. And then when I gave that up, I took up cycling. So, yeah, I've got a long history of sport. But I've always done sport as well as a career. Have you always been personally competitive? I don't think I'm competitive. It's you really just do it because you love it. I love it. That's exactly my thoughts about sport. I just love it. I love training. Like I've been in Boulder four days and all I've done is cycle and run everywhere because I just love cycling and running. I don't feel competitive at all. I think when I start racing, I do get competitive. But the second it's finished, I'm just friendly with everyone again. So school wasn't competitive for you or was it? Um, well, I rode for Cambridge, so we were very competitive. But I don't think it was me that was competitive. I think it was everybody else. So, I mean, that's another great thing that I love about the ultra world. Um, but I also see it a lot in cyclocross and triathlon yeah. where you are very competitive while the event's going on. But then you're almost like with family when it's over. Sure. I think triathletes are different to cyclists. I think cyclists generally just love cycling and being on their bike. Triathletes, particularly in Sydney, are very, very competitive. So I don't really socialize with the triathletes in Sydney. You don't? No, because they're just, they're so obsessed with training. All they want to do is do a set time on a certain day on a certain time. Whereas I just love training. So if I'm working shifts, then I'll go training when I finish my shift, not because someone else wants me to do it or do it in a set time or do a set distance. I'll finish work and then I'll go for a run or I'll go for a swim or I'll go for a ride. So I tend to be a bit different to other triathletes, but probably not different to other cyclists. Do you have a coach? No, me. <laughs> <laughs> this is Over the Top Cycling, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas visiting with Sarah Matthews, who is here from Sydney, Australia. Uh, tell us a little bit about Ram 2014. So I raced around 2014 with a team called the Aussies. We were a mixed team, two girls. Where'd you come up with that name? Uh, we're all Aussies. Oh, okay. None of, us, <laughs> none of us live in Australia except me, but we are actually Aussies. Um, so, so I actually met them through a triathlon friend who introduced them. And as soon as I heard about Race Across America, I was like, I'm going. <laughs> so I cycled all over the world. So I just love cycling. So when someone mentioned it, I just signed up for it. Had you been to America before? Nope. That was your first time. <laughs> first wow. Time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd actually done, look, I had rode once here in Atlanta just before the Olympics, but I literally flew over from England, raced in Atlanta, and then went home again. 
So I can't say I've ever been a tourist in America before. Now, wait, just before the Olympics, were you an Olympian rower? No, it was a pre I was going to say, if that has never come out, <laughs> I was, I'm loving the scoop. <laughs> I was a pretty good rower. I rowed for Cambridge, and we went to pre-Olympic regatta. So it was Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, and Yale. I was good, and I was the president. So I wasn't a bad rower, um, but I'm right on the borderline between heavyweight and lightweight. So, And also, I was studying to be a vet, so I was one year off graduating as a vet, and I thought, do I give up my career or do I go and row for my country? So I didn't give up my career. So really, your first exposure of America was riding your bike across on a four-person sure. team. Sure, yeah. It was amazing. With people you had never met before? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> They're lovely, though. They're really nice. And so you had a good enough experience with that to come back and set a record in 2015. Yeah, that's correct. And how did the Velaroos come about? So, essentially, the Aussies didn't... We came second the year I raced, and then they wanted to win. So they thought they'd go faster if they had three guys and one girl. So they dropped me as the girl, because the other girl was married to one of the other riders. So I got dropped. So I thought, oh, no, I really want to do Ram again. Um, and I knew of one other girl who was interested in doing it. So I asked if she wanted to do it, which she did. And she had two other friends that were interested, and they were both girls as well. So we all just signed up for it. And then I talked to my brother, who's also a cyclist, and I said, I need a name. And he came up with Velaroos. And were the Aussies at Ram 2015? Yeah. And did they go faster? They actually went slower. Three guys and one girl went slower than the four girls. And guess who overtook them? <laughs> We've got that on our documentary. There's me overtaking them. And I was just so competitive, I didn't even look up. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure they gave you a huge cheer when you went yeah, by? they did. And I'm friends. Oh, they did. Okay. They did. Well, they didn't know. Not when, they went, well, not when we went by. But they're friends. They're really good friends of mine. So. That's good. Now, you had another big event coming up in 2015 that I know you were really looking forward to, the 70.3 World Championship. Yeah, so right. was Ram, actually Relay Ram, I think I've come out of that really fit. Yeah. I mean, you must have been flying at the yeah. end of that. How about running and swimming? Well, I came up, it's quite interesting, I came up to Boulder. Oh, you did? Ram, yeah, because <laughs> I met the race director and he helped me drive the RV back. So I came up and stayed here and did some running here. And then when I went back to Australia, I thought I'd better learn to swim again because I hadn't swum for about two months. So triathlon involves swimming, running and riding, and I'm not a very good swimmer. So I started swimming and also just took up running again. And this is where things are a bit horrible because I was running and I got hit by a cyclist. And I sustained really bad brain trauma, so I've been in hospital for two months. So and when did that happen? Two weeks before the World Championships, so it's the beginning of August. Wow. Yeah. And... I mean, things were two months in the hospital. Two months in hospital. One month when I was in a coma, and then one month when I was awake. And then then I finally, I just said, I've got to go home. <laughs> they were quite happy to keep me there, and I just wanted to go home and take up triathlon again. So. so how has your rehab been? I mean, that has, in the hospital, do you have any memories of just wanting to get out and oh, of course, start yeah. exercising? And, and what did you do while you were in the hospital to rehab? So the first three weeks after I woke up, I was very physically tired. I think I just lost five kilos when I was in a coma. So my muscles were pretty weak. So I walked around a lot and didn't do a lot of training. But then once I put the weight back on, I just started training again. And all the doctors are fine with that. They said, basically, you can do as much running, riding as you want. 
Isn't it funny how, you know, it used to be no exercises, yeah. don't do that, don't, and now we're really encouraged by the medical field to work out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think for them, they're amazed at how quickly I've recovered, but I think it's just because I've been active since I woke up. Yeah. Now, the brain trauma, though, that is not something that's real easy to... No, it affects you emotionally. It's interesting. Physically, I'm doing fine. I can ride, I can run, I can swim emotionally i'm scared of everything right now which is so crazy so that's what's amazing about me being in boulder colorado my family just got sick of me being scared of everything and they said right here's an international plane ticket <laughs> if you can get through customs and i think you could stay away for a couple of weeks i mean you find yourself i'm sure it, it's got to be scary to be out walking on a, an exercise path or anything like that or yeah it's interesting it's not being scared for me it's scared of social things so actually being in a room with you talking i mean you're lovely and i met you so many times yeah people are terrified of me i mean, I mean you're just so scared i just look at your face i think oh no no but i'm i'm fine on my own i can walk and swim and you know do things on my own but then if i have to be social in a group i find the attention on me really scary so that's really? what's really interesting yeah it's very different to other types of injuries so for example when i fell i also broke my arm i've never even thought about my broken arm don't care two hoops but yeah brain surgery uh, brain trauma is different just affects you emotionally and it's brain trauma is so interesting because no one can see it and it's hard having people say, hey, you're doing fine. You look great. Yeah. When inside, you're kind of like, no, I'm really I'm so not. scared. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is I do look different. Haven't you guessed? No, not at all. Come on. I've got no hair now. <laughs> I used to have long blonde hair. And they shaved it off in hospital and I have no hair. So everybody knows there's something different because I've got no hair. But in America, they don't even notice. So I'm fine here. Yeah, it's about as long yeah. as my wife, so... Exactly. I met your wife yesterday and I thought, I love her. It's great. She'd come and live in Boulder. And actually, I was queuing up at Whole Foods the other day in Boulder and somebody brought up, I love your hair. And I said, thank you. And I didn't even say why I had it. So it's easier over here. So what was it like for you to get back out on a bike, um, start running again? Just Did you feel incredibly free to be out of the hospital and I out doing something on your own? Yeah, I didn't like being in hospital because I don't like people paying attention to me. And they'd say, oh, come and have the group chat. And I used to hate that. Um, getting out running was hard. Like the first few times I ran, I was so slow because I'd lost weight and I'd lost muscle. Um, and riding, I'm not legally allowed out on the roads at the moment because I'm not allowed to drive until February. So I've been riding my bike indoors. Um, I've been riding my bike out here on bike paths and things in Boulder. And, and I'm fine. I'm, like, my bike's like my second home. So I'm not uncomfortable on my bike at all. And what about swimming? You said you needed to go back to Australia and learn how to swim again after doing RAM. Look, I'm not a swimmer. I, as I said, I went to uni in England. <laughs> you don't swim in England. You don't go in the sea. It's about minus three degrees in the sea. So I didn't swim. So I literally took I was 35 and I took up swimming. Because I wanted really? to do a half Ironman and I couldn't swim. Literally couldn't swim. So I just I just cycled across America. It's just cycled across Spain, and I just ran a half marathon with my dad. And I thought this is crazy. I could do a half Ironman, except I can't swim. So I had to learn to swim. So yeah, I'm not a natural swimmer. From Australia. I know, but I now live at the coast, so I now swim every day in Australia. Okay. So that's why if I lived in Boulder, I'd have to go home for four months every year and swim in summer because the swimming there is amazing. In the ocean. But I don't swim in swimming pools. I swim in the ocean. I love the ocean. 
But I hate swimming pools. Unless it's an ocean swimming pool. Rivers? Fresh water? We don't really have that in Sydney, so I can't answer that question. Sorry. We have fresh water, but I live by the sea. I literally live on the beach. I just swim at the beach. So do you have any goals this year that are kind of driving your rehab and your training? Look, I've got two goals. One is I want to do Ram again, um, and I think I'll try and do it in a pair this year. So I'm going through the process at the moment of sorting out a pair partner. Um, and also I've been really lucky cause I missed the world championship half Ironman this year and Ironman have been amazing and they give me a place next year. They're not making you requalify. Well, no, they're not making me requalify because I'm not allowed to ride my bike on a road until February anyway. So that would be difficult, but also they're just lovely. They just, ex- you know, I explained what I went through. I missed my trip over to Europe. They've just been lovely. And I've, I've also done three full Ironmans and I think 12 half Ironmans. So I'm a pretty big supporter of Ironman anyway. That's very good to hear. And you are doing a lot of walking around Boulder. Uh, how are you, How's the altitude affecting you? I've been not, not as badly as affected as I thought I would. The first morning I was here, I ran, and that was pretty hard. But then I thought, well, you ran uphill. <laughs> so, and then I realized I was at 1,600 meters of altitude. So I didn't know if it was the uphill or the altitude. Um, it hasn't affected me walking at all, but then I honestly, all I've done for two weeks is walk because I had a French friend staying with me and he's quite overweight. I shouldn't say that. I don't know how to say it nicely, but he's not a cyclist or a runner, but he loves walking. So we've walked around Sydney for two weeks. All I've done is talk French and walk. So when I got here and I just walked three hours, it just seemed like a doddle compared to the seven hours I'd been doing every day in Sydney. Well, and walking has been great for rehab. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is good. Yeah, it I really actually, is. Yeah, I think physically I'm doing really well because of all the walking. And I think, you know, you do a lot of walking up and down hills. So it's got to be good for running. And then even when I've been back on the bike, even though it's either indoors or on a trail, I'm not finding it hard. So I think the running and the walking is really helping my cycling anyway. So not being able to get out on the road and cycle till February you know, I've really found the indoor trainer to be amazing. Um, Christoph Strasser, I've spoken with him. He likes the indoor trainer because he can get so specific with his workouts. I mean, obviously, he still gets out and rides outside. But, I mean, you can put together some great workouts on your indoor trainer and be fit come next June. I mean, I'm really not worried about you getting in enough mileage or workout with that somewhat limited amount of time on your bike well i'm going to be talking to you every week then because i hate riding indoors the reason i love riding my bike and doing triathlon is i love being outside i hate being indoors and the other thing is i don't have a television so what am i going to watch while i'm sitting on my bike indoors you're going to have your eyes closed and you're going to be visualizing the course okay that's fine that's good yeah I'll have to get some videos and put them on my iPhone or something, I think. It's just, I find it so boring. But my brother, yeah, he's got kids, so he can't ride on his bike outside very often. So he trains indoors, and he does so well now, now that he's just training indoors. So he's really, like you, he's really encouraging of that. I just have to learn. What I probably need to do now it's summer in Australia is get my trainer outside by the beach and then just go and ride by the beach for three hours each day. You know, it crushes me to be here in this beautiful area. My trainer's down in the basement, and I look out right at this road, and there's deer crossing yeah. it. I know. I just <laughs> noticed it. Thank you for noticing it. Once this, once this video is finished, I'm going to go out there and get some pictures of it. I'm so jealous. 
but it's, I really have, I mean, I've been limited the last three winters only to trainer. And, um, I have found that the visualization has just been amazing Oh, really? where I'm, I'm actually so into it and I'm not making this up or exaggerating by any means, but just having eyes closed and being out in the desert, climbing the, the climbs out around, um, Prescott, the stretch between Flagstaff and Tuba city. And that is just so in my head. And when I open my eyes, I'm surprised I'm in the basement. Okay. See, I'm going to have that naturally because it's so warm in Sydney. So I'm <laughs> absolutely sweating. So I'm sure I'm in the desert the second I get on my bike. I'm like, I haven't even done the first part of the race and I'm in the desert. Okay, I'm going to take you being positive and my brother being positive and I'm going to learn to love it. What I need to do is make my bike more comfortable because at the moment I've got my time trial bike on the trainer and it's so uncomfortable. Ooh. So I need to get like a really comfy road bike and put a nice saddle on it. So you've really been forced into an, an undesired off-season. Um, are you thinking of working with a coach at all through the rehab and getting you going? Or are you going to go ahead and, and just continue to do this on your own? I'll do it on my own. Like, yeah. I've done it on my own for ages. I have an interesting work lifestyle because I work late evening. So I get home at like 1 or 2 in the morning. So I'm always training at weird times of day. It's sort of 10 or 11 the next morning when I wake up. And coaches just don't understand that. They want me to be in a group at, you know, 7 a.m. start. Or, you know, they want me to go to the swim squad at 7 p.m. But then I'm supposed to be at work. So it just doesn't work out. I've met some lovely coaches, but they just don't fit in with my lifestyle. Plus, I just love training. And my brother, my brother's doing triathlon as well at the moment. Um, and he and I train together. So if he's actually away from the kids and he's allowed to ride his bike, then we go and train together. Ditto. Swim- I've been swimming with him a lot recently because he's scared of swimming, which is really interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's scared of being in open water. He's fine in a swimming pool, but he hates open water. Interesting. Isn't it interesting? Wow. He and I are so different. Yeah. Like, I love being in open water. He hates it. So it's good for him to come swimming with me because I encourage him. And it's good for me to have someone to ride with because we just chat. Like we ride and we chat and we ride and we chat and suddenly we've done two hours. It's amazing. So I'm very lucky that my brother's turned into a triathlete. He used to be a marathon runner and he got injured. So I tried to convince him to ride a bike and he was just not interested. You know, I tried and tried and tried. Eventually I lent him one of my bikes and now he's addicted. It's so good. (laughs) Now, you've done RAM twice on four-person teams. What is it about? Why two? That's actually my favorite division of the race. But what was it that uh, really drew you to doing this as a two-person? I'd never do it solo. I'd never do it solo. But I think two-person would be, I just think it'd be a real challenge I would really enjoy. In some ways, it's easier, I think, than organizing a four-person team. It's just two of you, and yeah, you you just get on with it. And I don't think it's that debilitating doing it as two person, whereas doing it as a one person, I just, I just not interested in that mentally. Yeah. The two, I love that it's long enough to be ultra, but you do speed work and you've got a teammate and you're, I mean, I love the team dynamic. I just love it. And I love the fact that the reason we're talking right now is because I emailed you and I said, George, can you give me some advice on how we do a team? How many how many crew do we need? What sort of rotations are we doing? How much time? Because I just had no idea. Because with a four-person team, you just do pretty much the same thing the whole way across. Whereas with a pair, it's going to vary depending on whether you're in the desert, whether you're in the cold, whether it's night, whether it's day. So, yeah, I'm going to be ringing you a lot. I want to watch a deer and I want to pick your brain about running in a pair. Yeah, we had 12 deer out here yesterday and... 
You can always tell when a big storm's coming because the wildlife was so active yesterday. Well, I was laughing about that because I saw you yesterday and I'd actually just walked up the hill and seen six deer in one garden and then six deer in the next garden. And then you told me later that there were 12. So I think I saw the same ones. So just to get away from sport a little bit, you're here for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. When you get back to Australia, when will you be able to get back into the veterinary practice? Yeah, I start work on the 2nd of December. You do? Yeah go back to work yeah that's wonderful yeah i've been really lucky they've given me the software on my computer so every single day i literally read up on all the cases in the hospital anyway do you know what i love animals i'm obsessed with animals and i just really miss being at work and being i miss being around animals all the time luckily the guy i'm staying with rick's got two dogs he's coming back today and i'm like bring the dogs home now i just (laughs) miss being around animals yeah so, I mean, being away from your job for so long, um, they're bringing you back no problem? Yeah, they're fine. They, I mean, they want me back. They really enjoy having me there. Um, I'm a bit, as I said, I'm a bit scared of things at the moment. Like, I'm often scared of people. That sounds really crazy. I don't really understand. It's the emotional side of brain, brain trauma. So I think it's going to be scary the first week. But I think, I mean, pretty much everyone said, you get the first week over with and it'll be fine. Because you're dealing with, you know, I work in the um, accident and emergency critical care area of a veterinary veterinary hospital. I'm a specialist, actually. Um, and so I'm dealing with critical patients. So you're dealing with critical clients. So, you know, I'm going to be more worried about the patients and the clients than I am about what I went through four months ago, if that makes sense. So, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I am. You were so personable and seem so outgoing. What is it like for you, that switch? I think what's interesting for me is that people aren't noticing that I'm like that. Everybody just thinks I'm exactly the same. But they're not realizing that I am. My personality is exactly the same, but I'm scared of things. So I think with work, the thing I don't like is what I won't enjoy when I go back to work is everyone asking me how I am. You know, putting on this, oh, you poor thing, you've been through something terrible. How are you? I don't want to have that conversation. I just want to put that in the past. So that's what's going to be hard for me for the first week. It's just dealing with everyone being nice to me. <laughs> it's so crazy, I know. But once everyone's just normal to me and just treating me as I am, and don't care, you know, they don't care because I'm always nice anyway, then I'll be fine. So it's it's just a time thing. And that that's one of the reasons my brother sent me over here because he said, you don't need to be scared. Like, you're amazing. You're training. Nor- you seem normal to talk to. You should go and travel. And I was I was so scared at Sydney Airport. I nearly went home again. It's, really? Honestly, I checked in and went through customs, which is so scary. And then I was so scared I nearly came home again. But then I came here and, and it's great. So That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, and I'm going to be picking your brain every day. If I'm scared, I'll be saying, right, George, who should I go and talk to today? <laughs> what should I do today? Where are the deer today? Well, you're always welcome to come up and see him and see us. And uh, Sarah, it's just a pleasure seeing you doing so well. Good. And I'm sure I'll be in touch with you anyway, because I'll see you in round next year. So, All right. Sarah Matthews on Over the Top Cycling in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.